Hi, I'm Valerie, and you're listening to The Beauty Brains. Welcome to The Beauty Brains, a show where real cosmetic chemists answer your beauty product questions and give you an insider's look at the cosmetics industry. This is episode 257. I'm your host, Valerie George, and with me today is your favorite cosmetic chemist from the Midwest, Perry Romanowski. Hi, Perry. Hello, Valerie. So good to be here. Always so good to see you. Glad to see you. We have a great show today. We're going to answer questions about how long to wait between bleaching treatments. Should you bleach your hair at home? Enjoying a product? Is it a placebo effect? And is water damaging to hair? But first, I think we have a pretty remarkable day today. Pi Day. It is. Pi Day 3.14. So March yeah, what'd 14th, you, do? you know. Yep. What'd you do to celebrate? Well, to celebrate, I actually made a pie from scratch. Oh, I made the I made the dough. You know, and I a little mix. I mix in a little vodka in my dough, vodka and water, and it. I don't oh. know. Somehow it makes the dough better. Yeah. I made French silk pie. Nice. Um, yeah. It's it's really chocolatey. <laughs> it's good, but I could only have one piece. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, so you put vodka in your dough. Is that like a Polish thing? I've never heard of that. <laughs> that no, that's a good question. No, it's an America's <laughs> Test Kitchen thing. And... <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh America's Test Test Kitchen. That's great. Yeah, that I they their recipes are like all tested, and you know, actually, I always well, they do lots of experiments to work through and find the perfect recipe. I always thought I'd wanted to make a an America's cosmetic lab, <laughs> you know, where where we just did America's test kitchen, but it was cosmetic products. So that's well, that's the type of it. training I do for my chemists, uh, you know, interns when they first join is that kind of stuff. It's um kind of like a little. I know the answer, but um, it really helps them sure. kind of figure out, hey, you know, what's the right thing to do. So that's kind of cool. I wish I had some pie. Mm. <laughs> well, and there's one thing I wanted to, to I want to dispel a myth about Pi Day. Pi Day was not invented by Big Math to sell more math products. So just, <laughs> just, it's not a fake holiday made up by math people just to sell more math. Yeah, that's I don't think true. there's too many marketing people in math. That's, <laughs> no that's for sure. Oh my gosh. Well, in other you know interesting news, you and I have both been on Clubhouse, the new app platform. I think most people have heard of it. Clubhouse, yeah, that's the new all audio platform. It's the hot thing right now. It's kind of like a live podcast or like a radio show where people can can bring other people in the room on. It's like it's like a big mashup between like a chat room, but it's a podcast, but you can't yeah. record it, so it's kind of like radio. Uh, and there's no video; it's just pictures, which is kind of neat. Yeah, and as long as you're not stepping over each other when you're talking, <laughs> it's, yeah. Uh, that, there's some challenges to it. I don't know how long it will stick around uh, because it it takes a certain amount of paying attention, you know, and you got to yeah. listen at certain times and things. Nice thing about podcasts is like you can play it while you're mowing the grass or something, uh, or you know, just while you're running. If you're on Clubhouse, you kind of got to pay more attention, or something, especially if you're on the stage or whatever. You got to catch it live. And there's a couple rooms that I've been in in the beauty industry. And it's, uh, you know, I've done a couple myself and they're fun, but they're really structured. It's about hair science and it's with a couple people that I work with. It's not brand specific. It's just something we love doing. But um, 
in the other rooms I've been in, the moderators aren't really driving the conversation. So it is a lot of stepping over and it's a lot of like, cool, <laughs> you know, and then <laughs> yeah, like you just, yeah. yeah, it's just, um, it's just very, very interesting. Since we're both on it, we'll have to do a, a Beauty Brains Clubhouse thing sometime. Try something out like that. I don't yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we'll definitely do that since we're yeah. both on. We could start a little club. Well, I have to say, I was on a clubhouse myself. I was participating. And the idea, we, somehow we got on the idea of clean beauty and that it's just a marketing story. And, and my assertion was, and this was met, met with a little bit of disagreement by my fellow panelists, which is I fine. love it when people I, disagree. Yeah. I hate it when everyone's just agreeing all the time. I yeah. know. Then if, if everyone agrees, you don't need everyone. Right? <laughs> That's not, But anyway, I made the assertion that the reason that marketing stories sort of take off in the beauty industry rather than real innovations is because there aren't really any new innovations in the cosmetic industry. And I made the bold statement that I don't think there has been a significant innovation in the cosmetic industry in the last 20 years. Mm. So I say, can you think of a product that you could get 20 years ago that is is better? The product that you get now is better than the same sort of product category 20 years ago? I couldn't think of anything. No, because I mean, even just what was in fashion in cosmetics 20 years ago you know, maybe it's not around today and it has nothing to do with antiquation and things are better. But, you know, right now, K-Beauty for the last several years has been very big. So those textures are in, but those textures wouldn't have been in 20 years ago. And when these textures go away, we'll move on to other things. I certainly have seen like makeup come back around, like certain types of makeup that I wore in high school and college that went away 10 years ago and uh, 15 years ago and now is kind of coming back. Uh, The only thing I can think of that really disrupted the industry was Olaplex, which is a bond building additive for hair. But I wouldn't say their chemistry is innovative. I mean, they certainly created a new space that didn't exist, Mm -hmm. but it's not like they, I don't feel that they really invented a new chemistry. Yeah. And uh, that was one in the, with the pushback, that was one of the things suggested like Olaplex really. And whether it did or didn't, I guess I when I say this, I kind of look at the industry as a whole. And yeah, you're going to find individual things. And, you know, honestly, I think the average consumer, even if they get Olaplex, they're, they're going to be inclined to think that it did something, mostly because they spent a lot of extra money on it to get the, yeah. something done. So whether it actually improves their hair a lot more than, say, just conditioning their hair every time they shampoo. I I can't say. I mean, I haven't seen that thing. But let's just say it does. But I think it's a a thing that affects just that one thing for people who color their hair and their hair was too damaged. Um, But in the area of skincare and color cosmetics and shampoos and styling products, mostly there isn't anything new. I liked product 20 years ago. I liked product now, or I like product now. Yeah. Um, I'm not less happy. I'm not more happy. <laughs> so, I mean. There was, one, there was one funny thing that happened to me, though. So, I went to Twitter, and I was like, okay. I challenged people. I said, okay, what product you could get 20 years ago is is not as good as the one, same thing you can get now. And uh, uh, the one responder on Twitter, she said, well, I don't know because I'm in my 20s now, so I wasn't. 
Like, Touche. Touche. Oh, uh, yes. Mr. Old Man on the podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, let's uh, let's talk about some beauty science news. I, I didn't really see any news this week. I did just see one little quick thing, um, and I, I posted about it immediately. Um, Elf, did, a, which is a makeup brand, did a yeah. collaboration with Chipotle to create this... Um, <laughs> This makeup kit, and it was kind of interesting because they were really bold colors reminiscent of like that yellow part of the inside of an avocado and, um, you know, colors of some of their salsas and stuff like that. And I just thought, you know, collaborations aren't new. The makeup's not innovative, but it really was just like a super interesting um, collaboration. I, uh, you know, if you work with me, you know that, well... Uh, I used to eat Chipotle several times a week, uh, just because I, some people, uh, live to eat, I eat to live and <laughs> I do like Chipotle, but it doesn't bother me to just eat it all the time. Sure. Uh, but yeah. I was actually eating it, uh, when I found out my, uh, dog Olive passed away. So I uh, haven't really had it since July. Uh, um, but I do love me some Chipotle. So I thought it was an interesting collaboration. Well, I have two things on it. First of all, the, there's the podcast, How I Built This. Uh, mm-hmm. They interviewed the guy who started Chipotle, and it's a okay. Fasc- I haven't listened to that one. Oh, yet. It's a yeah. fascinating story. I recommend you check that out. Uh, essentially, the guy he started Chipotle because he wanted to uh, generate enough money so he could open his fine dining restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> and it turned out Chipotle just did too well. <laughs> yeah, that never happened. Yeah, Sorry never to crush your dreams. <laughs> exactly. The other thing that I thought of when I heard when I saw this story. I thought it, this doesn't surprise me at all because I imagine exactly what happens. Like the marketing people at Elf, they probably went out to lunch and they got that Chipotle and they're like, oh, we need some new products and we need a product. That, why don't we just mix Chipotle with our products and boom, mm-hmm. we got a whole new thing. That happened. That's how marketing in the cosmetic industry happened all the time. <laughs> at least where I was. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone from Elf is listening to this podcast, I am begging you to please tell us how this happened because I, I just, I love Chipotle gonna... and Elf is a cool brand. So we, we would love the truth. When I was on VO5, we were trying to team up with some vitamin, uh, you know, like a vitamin maker from GNC or something and mm-hmm. have like vitamin sponsored, you know, on the, uh, on the VO5, you know, vitamins from there. But it's, it was, uh, it never, never happened. And we also tried to team up with, uh, Evian water, so oh yeah, Saint Ives would have been made with Evian water. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> never happened. That is but. <laughs> so ridiculous. I don't think uh, Saint Ives could have afforded the water, and that's why it didn't happen. <laughs> they would have just took a drop of Evian and said, "Oh, it's oh Evian. god, talk about unsustainable <laughs> shipping that water from the Alps." Uh, indeed. <laughs> indeed. What did you see this week? Well, I saw the the story, and I'm sure you saw it too. But Unilever has decided to stop using. The term normal to describe mm. some of their product SKUs. Unilever has had this drive to uh, bust uh, body myths and such and sort of reflect more regular people. I, and they, they did that whole regular Persian uh, uh, campaign a, a few years ago, but now Unilever's just decided to do it with all their brands. Oh, great. Specifically getting rid of that that normal designation. So... I don't know what they're going to go with. They're going to, I guess, they're going to specifically go talk about just what the benefit specifically is for. Yeah. Their so, like, instead things. of saying for dry to normal hair or skin, it would yeah. just say hydrate skin. Something yeah, they, like that. I, that's what I understood from it. 
Yeah, um, and they also said that they're no longer going to be digitally alter digitally altering the person's uh, body shape, size, proportion, or skin color across all of its brands' advertising. Uh, yeah, it's a it's an interesting move. I just I just wonder. Uh, so they're not going to say like a regular shampoo or normal shampoo. I get what they do for shampoo for shine, shampoo for restoring. Exactly. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. all that stuff, mm-hmm. yeah. To me, it doesn't really make uh, that much of a difference. But to people who it does make a difference, too, this probably is a great thing, right? Yeah, for sure. I especially like the digitally altering. I mean, even in Target, you can see where they have uh, not really photoshopped or photoshopped to the extent uh, which they usually have in some of their um, models, at least in the wardrobe section. So I, I think this is pretty great because people look, uh, normal, <laughs> you know, I, or I guess, you know, people don't look like they do on those billboards. They're just, you know, people look like people. And, uh, you know, when they're that touched up, they don't look like people. So I think it, it's a bit surprising, you know, you kind of step back at first and you're like, oh, and then you're like, oh, cool. Okay. I get it. Um, yeah. especially with cellulite and that kind of stuff, which I think is, um, fabulous. And this is an effort to, say that nobody is normal, right? Yeah. We're, we're yeah. all unique in our own way. I just want to end this by saying Unilever still has the Axe brand, right? <laughs> I just remember those <laughs> Axe commercials and the spray. Oh, yeah, those are wild. And that was oh, like man. totally in contrast with this. So I wonder how this is going to affect the Axe brand. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll have to see. They said all their brands. <laughs> Well, we got some mail from our fans. Um, quick one is a correction from the last episode where we were talking about what types of ingredients cause flashback. And we had uh, one Beauty Brains member, Katri, uh, contact us on Instagram and let me know that I flubbed up on the product uh, in the photo fail that causes flashback. I had mentioned Mac and it was actually makeup forever HD loose powder and it is a finely milled 100% silica powder. Thank you so much for that correction. I felt so stupid, um, in reading that because I, I knew it started with an M and Uh I was trying to on the show, find it. And I was like, "Mm, Mac. And I totally flubbed that one up. And what's even more embarrassing is I actually worked on a project to duplicate that product one time. (laughs) And I know that silica causes flashbacks. So for me, it was like, uh, I can't believe I I missed that. So anyway, silica, mica, boron nitrite, (laughs) those two things cause flashback. And it was the Makeup Forever HD powder. Sorry about that. We do a lot of shows. We do a lot of shows. (laughs) Yeah, so we uh, we also are not afraid to say when we are mistaken, which I'm happens. not perfect. And my mom is always reminding me that and she, you know, wanted everyone to know that she told me that, you know, when I was a youth growing up, my mother always told me I was special. Uh, <laughs> I always took that as a positive. But, you know, as I get older, I'm like, I'm not really sure if that was as positive as she meant it. <laughs> but I'm going to go Aww. with it. That's well, there yeah, were so let's many. Let's go with it. There were so many kids in my family that uh, I think she was afraid that I was getting uh, drowned out and I didn't think I was special enough. So, Yeah, well, she's also the person, like, I used to get injured all the time. And when I was crying to her one time, I'm like, why does this always happen to me? And she says to me, she says, well, Perry, it's because none of your other brothers and sisters could handle it. (laughs) Aww. Thanks, Mom. That's so sweet. <laughs> I fell for it every time. All right. This one comes uh, to us from uh, Addison. Uh, Hi, Addison. She, yeah. She says, hey, 
Hey there, I remember you had shared a story about someone developing a lobster protein-based formula to help with eczema, whether that is scientifically sound idea or not. I think we were uh, we were pointing out that, you know, that hadn't been safety tested and people were just putting stuff on there, right? I yeah, think. we were just kind of like, whoa, they either don't have that part of the story or they cut out that part of the story where they just extracted this protein and were putting it on their skin, which a toxicologist probably wouldn't approve of. <laughs> right. Well, uh, it turns out there's a follow-up to that, and uh, she came across this story from the University of Maine. And essentially, the, the team that originally did this, they paired up uh, with an established lobster brand in Maine called Luke's Lobster and to help their supply chain. Oh, that's uh, so, great. Yeah, and so they actually turned it into a product um, that you can go check it out. The The product was uh, called Marin Skin Care. Mm-hmm. And I looked Which at it. Which makes sense. Yeah, Marin. Sure. Marine. And, well, I looked at it and I thought, uh, are they just going to take a petrolatum mineral oil, do a dash of lobster stuff and call it a day? Uh, but no, actually, if you look at the product, uh, the second ingredient is this uh, hemocyanin, uh, which uh, we looked up on the uh, INCI dictionary, and it's actually an ingredient uh, approved for cosmetics. So they must have gone through all of the uh, appropriate uh, things to at least get it listed in the INCI. I didn't see any safety data on it, like the CRR hasn't reviewed it no mm -mm. no i didn't see that either but uh basically to explain to you guys whenever you want to put an ingredient into a cosmetic product you just can't make up your own name or say oh well i call you know lavender lavenderilla or, or something like that right you whatever this universal name that everyone in the world has agreed to is what you get to put on the listing of a product, the ingredient listing, and that is called an INCI name. And so you have to apply for them. And it doesn't necessarily mean um, it has passed all the toxicology testing and, and it's good to go. It just means that they've reviewed the chemistry and they've come up with a common nomenclature used around the world. Um, and I'm not saying they didn't do safety tests. I'm just saying it's not compulsory to get this inky name. Right. Uh, but anyway, um, they applied and said, hey, we have this marine glycoprotein. What would we call it on our packaging? And the INCI people said, oh, hemocyanin. And, and boom, there you go. That's the inky name. So good for them. So it's the second ingredient on there. So it's uh, it's in there at a high level. Um, now, whether it uh, lives up to the eczema promises or not, I think that remains to be seen. Uh, it it also isn't very surprising that uh, part of the team has a lobster house, so you know they can get lobster, the, the glycoprotein uh, rather easily, I guess. So they have a big supply of it there. But uh, yeah, we'll great. see. If, we'll see if lobster is the hot new ingredient for skincare in 2021. Yeah, I well, given that vegan's like a huge trend, I'm not sure, but perhaps yeah, right. this is an upcycling thing uh, where this is from a discarded part of the lobster. I do have one free idea um, for the brand if they're listening. What if they studied, I'm all about taking care of my hands. I wear driving gloves. Um, a dermatologist once complimented my hands. I have like that really, you know, Nice red manicure still sure, going, still, long, still, strong nails. There, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What if um, they made a hand cream out of this and played on some claw moniker uh, with the lobsters, <laughs> like protect your claws? 
you know, I don't get it. Lobster claws. That's where this, anyway, I think that's kind of silly, (laughs) but anyway, that's a free idea. I won't hold anyone. uh, They 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 can, they just call it claw cream. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, one more thing that we got, um, this week was we have a, a huge fan from Brazil who uh, was just writing me on my personal Instagram account telling me about the uh, trend with the menstruation masking that we had kind of mentioned. I had posted it on my personal Instagram. That was last uh, last last show, I think we talked about that. Yeah. Basically, people are making a face mask out of menses. And, uh, you know, we kind of were laying in. Eh, and I, I said this prominent gynecologist for... Um, safety reasons did not recommend it. Uh, but one of our fans from Brazil wanted to let us know that the menstrual blood mask is huge in Brazil and ladies have been doing it forever. She said, um, she could have never ever done it. Um, she's not a fan of it, but in Brazil, it's deeply linked with loving yourself and womanhood being connected to your body and its power. So she said there is a ritual that got pretty big in Brazil with the natural community. The name is plantar a lua or to plant the moon. Basically, when women get their period, they will make a face mask with their um, menses. Uh, They take the blood diluted in water, uh, water plants in order to transfer the fertile fertile power back to the earth. Uh, She says it has a lot to do with the feminist movement and with bringing forward the idea that period blood is not dirty and women shouldn't be ashamed of something um, so precious and so beautiful. Um, But it's not hugely widely accepted. Um, It's a very polarizing subject in Brazil as well. And she thinks the biggest boom of this whole ritual was in 2018. She does know a lot of people who still do the mask. So I thought that was um, very interesting. It just demonstrates that, uh, you know, we get outside of our country and people do things differently. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. They sure do. And we just got to be open to that. But, you know, what we don't know, we don't know. So I really would like to thank this fan uh, for sharing that experience and their cultural perspective on it. Um, Because in America, and I'm sure many other parts of the world, that's not typical. So yeah, yeah, I that's a good way to f- say it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we always say in the lab when like something uh, is kind of, you know, messed up or not messed up. We're like, oh, that's typical and expected. <laughs> As opposed to saying, no, it's out of spec. It's just like, oh, that's typical. We actually don't use the word normal. We say it's typical. So that's kind of uh, funny. We're way ahead of Unilever. You, you are. You are. <laughs> anyway, let's answer some beauty science questions. We got lots of audio ones uh, today, but the first one is a not audio question. It comes from to us from Katya. Hi, Beauty Brains. I'm wondering why hairdressers recommend waiting a couple of weeks between bleaching treatments so your hair could heal in between. I have learned from the Beauty Brains, of course, that nice. hair is dead. It cannot heal. So is there any real benefit to giving your hair a resting period? If so, how long should you wait? Even though I have the patience to wait a bit for my next salon appointment, I'm super curious for the answer because this resting period doesn't seem to make sense after all I've learned about hair. The resting period between bleaching. um, Yeah. yeah. So basically when you get your hair lightened, um, and actually I'll tell you a really funny story, like in the hair hair 
color community, people use lightning and bleaching interchangeably. And mm-hmm. Mr. Cosmetic Chemist actually thought, like, I made bleach that went into a toilet. And I was like, <laughs> no. It's, it's for your hair. Yeah, <laughs> Lightener's for your hair. Bleach is for your toilet, I guess, sure. which is... Yeah, he just put the proof in that statement. <laughs> anyway, so the reason they want you to wait in between is that bleaching is extremely damaging to hair. Yes, the hair fiber is biologically dead, so it's not like resting is going to heal. But really what they're doing is saying, your hair can only endure so much. Let's give it some time in between your next treatment so that we don't just destroy your hair right away. It really is prolonging the time it will take for your hair to destruct under the lightener that's put on it. So again, while it's not healing, they're really just saying, Hey, we don't want to trash your hair in four weeks. You know, we'll trash it in 12 weeks or whatever. So that's really why they try to try to delay. Relaxing is one of the most harsh things that you can do for your hair. And I would say like next to that is perms. Yeah, I I would think perms, but you know, bleaching or lightning as... uh... (laughs) <laughs> as it could be referred to, that's uh, right up there as far as damaging goes, right? Because you gotta, you gotta open up the cuticle, you gotta get in there, you gotta break down the melanin, and you gotta then close the cuticle again, and that's that's pretty chemically harsh. Yeah, and so I think really they're just protecting your hair by saying, "Hey, let's extend it as much as we can in between." Yeah, I think so. All right, thanks for that, Katya. All right, our next question is an audio question. Sticking with the bleaching theme here, or lightning theme, I don't know. Hello, beauty brains. I would really like to bleach my hair at home, and everything on the internet says that that is it. The worst idea, you'll burn your hair, um, and that you can't leave it in for more than um, 45 minutes. Kind of wondering how that would work, that you would go from bleaching to burning, and... uh, whether it really is so dangerous to bleach your hair at home. Thank you. Um, Also, this is Victoria in Saskatoon. Well, thanks, Victoria from Saskatoon. Saskatoon, is that Canada? It is, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Well, great question. And I totally understand why people want to lighten their hair at home. It's it's convenient. You don't have to go out to a salon. Um, It is usually more economic than going to a uh, salon professional and having them lighten your hair. Um, And I wouldn't say that safety is necessarily an issue um, only because the box bleach is typically the same as bleach in a salon. But there are some, I think, challenges that one can face by lightening their hair at home. And that is Um, understanding applications. So a stylist can look at your hair and understand where they should start first, what needs the longest time to process. Additionally, they can use different ratios of uh, hydrogen peroxide developers in the lightener uh, so that if you need a little more lift um, in one area or if you have really fragile hair in another, they can make those uh, adjustments and make multiple bowls uh, for your hair. The other thing is, um, I would say a stylist typically does a strand test or they should be doing a strand test. If you were a stylist, please promise me you guys will do strand tests. Very critical. This ensures that uh, you understand what the hair is going to lift to as a stylist so that you can tone it appropriately. 
Additionally, it'll let you know if the hair will have any strange reaction, like if you have heavy metal buildup in the hair from a swimming pool, a hot tub, copper in your pipes, well water, whatever. Um, any reactions would show there, and it's sort of the safety piece to lightning. Copper in my pipes used to be a part of a, a percussion quartet that was I was part of. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh my gosh. I don't, you know what? I don't even want to know. Um, when you lighten your hair at home, you know, usually mixing is not always perfect. Um, it's hard to uh, do your hair very quickly, which is important for even lightening. And of course, um, many people put it up in a cap or something like that. Uh, so they can kind of wait this 40 to 50 minutes and then they end up with like super hot roots, hot meaning like really bleached roots, and then the rest of the hair isn't bleached appropriately. So I would say bleaching your hair at home is not for the novice. If you have experience doing it and you do it well, awesome. Keep doing it. But if you're like, you know what? I ought to lighten my hair. Uh, you know, I, w- I would have someone who knows what they're doing come to your home yeah. and help you. Um, I've mentioned this probably a couple times on the show before. Um, I bleached my hair at home once and it was awful. I looked like a flame. (laughs) (laughs) It was like white at the, at the roots and then like just slowly went out to like dark red. It was, um, it was not great. And I promptly had to color it the next day. (laughs) So yeah, it's just, it's a really, uh, advanced skill. Uh, but that being said, as long as you do just like one strand testing it on your hair, mix up a very tiny bit, test it, um, see how it goes, and then you can do the rest of it. But it's not like your hair is going to burn off. They all use the same chemistry. Do you think that happens a lot where uh, a woman will color her hair and then she's unsatisfied with it and she's got to get it colored back the next day? (laughs) All the time. Um, Color correction is a huge, huge service at a salon where it's like, oh, I thought I could do it myself. And then it's like, nope, I couldn't. Um, And then you have to go have someone fix it. Um, it's a huge, yeah, we call it a color correction, but anyway, um, yeah, lightning coloring at home is one thing. Lightning at home is not for the amateur for sure. Are you ready for the next question? (laughs) Let's do it. Hello, Perry and Valerie. My name is Jacqueline and I enjoy your podcast so much. Every episode I learn another useful nugget And I also love your banter together. My question is regarding a supplement, and I can hear Perry cringing, but it's by Paula's Choice. I know she no longer owns the brand, but I've trusted her products for many years. I've been using her Boost Hyaluronic Acid and Ceramide Capsules for months. It seems to have made a difference in my skin, but maybe it's just a placebo effect. So I'd appreciate your input. Thanks so much. Take care. I just wonder, how did I get the reputation of the person who bashes on supplements? <laughs> Gee, I don't know. Although, I'm, I'm supporting you. I'm you, your wing you, woman you. on this. You know, anytime a supplement question comes <laughs> up, I'm like, well. Do you know, I actually, I actually listened to uh, a beauty company speak one time that had developed supplements. And I'm not kidding. The first line they started out their talk with was, I know many of you won't believe this, but the supplement industry is actually highly regulated. <laughs> <laughs> and the, it was just like you could hear a pin uh, drop in the room. They like, say that oh. they say that a lot. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I'm not seeing it. <laughs> you know, I do 
I do wonder, though, why there's like the campaign for safe cosmetics and there's a lot of NGOs that go after cosmetics. Why don't we see that same thing of company uh, groups going after supplements, which, in my view, are much more dangerous? <laughs> we just don't see it. I don't yeah. Just... Yeah. Well, you know, you can't make that much money off of it. Supplements are part of the wellness industry, not the badness industry. <laughs> Did you make that up? Because that, that was pretty good. I did, yeah. <laughs> you should you know, get that, that on a good, t-shirt. Huh? <laughs> exactly. Like trademark it, USPTO.gov. That's what I'll do I guess tonight. we should answer Jacqueline's question here. <laughs> yeah, well, you sure. know, you can say what you say, Perry, but okay. here's what stuck with me. Uh-huh. Seems to have made a difference, and... To me, at the end of the day, that's all that matters. If you feel like something's working, the placebo effect is a pretty powerful thing. And I think that's fantastic. Well, you know what? That is what I was going to say, too. Oh, nice. As far as whether uh, whether taking this is actually having the effects that it's claimed to be having, um, I don't think there is uh, scientific evidence that would support uh, any supplement is going to affect uh, your levels of hyaluronic acid in your skin or your ceramides in your skin, uh, if that's what it claimed that we didn't see it specifically. But, you know, I, I would have faith that while the supplement industry isn't terribly regulated there are some quality companies that will that are sincere and they will follow good manufacturing procedures and putting together products they're QCing their their extracts when they come in uh you know they're getting them genetically tested to make sure they are what they say they are there is a lot of that going on which is fantastic and and i would think that a brand traditionally like paula's choice who's been around for a while i you know had faith that they would be following good uh, manufacturing procedures so you're probably getting a, a product that's not going to harm you i don't think uh you could show it clinically that it actually would help uh you know the general public but you're trying this it's making you feel better about your skin uh Go ahead and keep doing it. <laughs> yeah, I would say keep doing it. Um, you know, there's lots of things I do that probably don't work, but I, I feel like they do, so I keep doing them, and I think it's awesome. Yeah, for sure. And I'm sure there are things that I do, but I just can't think of any. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks, Jacqueline. Enjoy your supplements. Valerie, we've got one more audio question. One more. Hi, Valerie and Perry. It's Tink from England. I have a question about water being damaging for hair, which is something I've heard Valerie say a couple of times, unless I've misunderstood. I was in a natural forum, and apologies for that, talking about um, hair care. And one of the people who's quite senior in the natural world and quite looked up to has her own website that people pay to subscribe to. Um, was talking about sulfates and parabens and them not being so great. And so I had responded that actually I thought they were safe and that I had heard that water was one of the worst things for hair, to which I was met with astonishment and that they'd never heard the like of it. And so I'm wondering if I misunderstood um, or not. I hope you can clarify. Thank you. Bye. Before you answer, Valerie, I want to ask... How do how do I get paid money for people to talk to me? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, well, you know, the natural community, especially when uh, there really are some great programs uh, that they have to, to teach other people. And it's really, to me, just 
they're expensive. And I'm like, wow, this information, a lot of it's free on the internet, Uh, but good for them for being entrepreneurial. Um, But Tink, first of all, you have the coolest name ever. Um, I met someone named Bunny the other day and I was like, I'm so tired of being Valerie. Like I need a really (laughs) cool name, you know? Anyway. Valerie's a good. Valerie's a good name. It's not cool like Tink or Bunny. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I'll, I'll give you that, or <laughs> or even or even Perry. <laughs> okay, so you know this actually reminded me of a story. Um, so I do a lot of research into hair science, and I'm, I'm well connected with uh, a company that invests hundreds of millions of dollars a year in in research and. Sure. My mentor, he goes to these reunions with a lot of the scientists who did, you know, 30 or 40 years of hair, fundamental hair research. And mm-hmm. it always has blown my mind why people think sodium chloride is bad for hair. And uh, my mentor had never heard of it either. And so he went to this reunion and he said they were standing around with like drinks of wine in their hands. He had said all these brands are making sodium chloride-free or salt-free shampoos and conditioners, and they literally laughed out loud. And I just pictured in my mind where they're like, (laughs) and they were like, what? Uh, And there's no scientific data to back that up. So it just shows, um, you know, all all that kind of stuff is marketing. And really, at the end of the day, sulfates, can they be really detergent? Can they you know, kind of be harsh on hair. Sure. But that's what conditioning agents are for. But what is irrefutable is that water is very damaging to hair. You can soak a tress in water overnight and it's awful. It's swollen. It, um, it starts to have damage to it. Um, color is lost from it. Artificial color. Um, it's just not great hair. Well, essentially what happens is the the hair strand will soak up the water and that makes it swell. And then that stretches out the cuticles that's on the outer layer. Mm-hmm. And then when the water kind of evaporates out and it shrinks back down, well, the thing is already stretched out. And so when it shrinks back down, it doesn't lay flat anymore. And so uh, lifted up cuticles are going to make your hair feel rougher. It's going to lead to tangles it's going to lead to snags uh, split hairs uh lots of bad stuff happens just because you're getting your hair wet and then getting it dry again yeah so i hope we can uh show them the light tink maybe refer them to this episode uh show them we've answered this question and we're not a corporate shills being paid by evian water or some other big <laughs> water conglomerate uh, water really is um damaging to hair yeah. Uh, on the other hand, you kind of need water to, if you're going to shampoo your hair or you're going to use conditioner and stuff. So at, there, there is a level of damage that's acceptable if you want your hair to be a certain way. Yeah. Well, I guess this begs the bigger question to be asked, Perry. Why were these people astonished? Uh, well, I just think you have to look at the way that people come to learn what they know. And especially in this natural area it's a lot of folk wisdom that's handed down from here and there or rumors on the internet. Uh, it's not, it's not evidence-based knowledge. And so you can't really expect them to be keyed into what science is saying about, uh, the chemistry of hair care products. Uh, 
what you're going to get more is what what has traditionally been said by people or what have you read on the internet <laughs> there's there's a lot of nonsense that i read on the internet uh, and a lot of it goes under the guise of natural or green solutions yeah well tink we hope that helps you you weren't wrong and uh feel strong in your answers and that you know what you're talking about yeah but don't expect that uh, people that are getting paid uh, by other people to talk about natural stuff that they're going to put much stock in what you say or even what experts say. Yeah, true. Well, Perry, I think that's all we have time for today. Oh, yeah, I hear the music. Uh, hey, don't forget, uh, Tuesday is a big Patreon event. I can't wait to connect with our patrons. And we're still running that uh, giveaway. What's the details of that giveaway? You have until March 31st at midnight central time, which is Chicago time, to become a patron. And we will, on April 1st, do a drawing. So one of our patrons wins a book called Discovering Cosmetic Science, which is published earlier this year by our cosmetic scientist friends over at the SCS and the Royal Society of Chemistry in the UK. We will mail that anywhere in the world, so don't feel like you have to live a certain place to go get that. And we're, of course, going to continue to do these uh, special exclusive events for our supporters of the show. So if you want to support the show, go to patreon.com slash thebeautybrains and subscribe. Not only do you get uh, part of our Patreon exclusive events you get uh, entered in this giveaway you also help make sure there's no commercials on the beauty brains yay if you get a chance and you want to rate the beauty brains please head over to apple podcasts and leave us a review that will help other people find the show and ensure we have a full docket of beauty questions to answer five stars if you don't mind <laughs> and you can also tell uh, tell perry how wonderful he is he always likes that and if you have a question you can also get on the show just record it on your smartphone and email it to thebeautybrains at gmail.com also don't forget to follow us on our various social media accounts on instagram we're at thebeautybrains2018 on twitter we're at thebeautybrains and we have a facebook page well thanks again for listening everybody and remember be brainy about your beauty thanks everyone Kittens!